Welcome back to Single Minded, where we are flipping the script on being single. I am your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. <laughs> you just will, will never be good at the intro. That's okay. But you have gotten better in I've all. been doing well. You've been doing well in all other respects. I didn't tell you that when I listened, I got a shock because I didn't know you had recorded that. Hi, Ruby. It's Linda Ackermum. I didn't know you'd recorded that. And Ruby said, there's a surprise for you. This is last week's episode. I died. That was so funny. We wanted to check that you really did listen and check your work before publishing. Yes, I do. Anyway, how's everything going? So I actually, if you can believe it, I had two dates yesterday. That's just bizarre. So unlike me. So I went for a walk with a guy, like a COVID safe walk around the tan. And then this guy on Hinge or English accent, oh, my God, mm-hmm. we were just chatting and then he's like, oh, do you want to do a video call? Which no one ever asks, do you want to do a video call? Because I'm off Bumble. Bumble, you know, has the voice notes. I'm back on yes, Hinge. Right. So anyway. So hang I'm, on, this is Hinge. This is Hinge. Okay. So he said, do you want to do a video chat? And so I said, oh, I can't right now. I was in bed at like 12 in the middle of the day. So I was like, oh, not right now. How about tonight? He sent his number and I video called him at like eight. It was actually really fun. I would really highly recommend this whole video date chat. It was really fun. His accent was super sexy as well because it was British. I think one of the experts recommended that, but after getting to know someone, upgrade. But you you upgraded straight off the bat. Good on you. Yeah. And then awkwardly, because we were on the phone for an hour, oh. awkwardly at the end, my phone ran out of battery and it just cut out mid-sentence. Oh, and I thought you might have t- kissed each other on the screen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Pash on the screen. No. no. Anyway, uh. so he ended up messaging me like, oh, what happened? And I called him back and I was like, I- look, an hour was enough anyway. And oh, I've got to say, there's something else I'd like to say. Both guys that I've been on a date with that day admitted on the first date that they see psychologists. And I just thought that was so sexy. Mm. Okay. Do you not agree? Did they go into their problems? No, they just just said my psychologist would say this, like as a joke, but like just admitting it. And I thought that was sexy. I like that. Let's normalise seeing psychologists. So who won the dating game yesterday? I don't know. Can't say. Can't know yet. (laughs) I've got a second date with one of them and then I don't know about the other guy. We didn't okay. really say whether or not it would go anywhere. But anyway, that's my dating updates, guys. Highly recommend video dates. Mm. It was fun. Okay. Why? Have you got nothing to say? <laughs> no. You sound really unimpressed. You're just like, mm, okay. <laughs> no, no, very impressed with a video date straight off the bat. Sounds good. Yes. The other thing I wanted to tell you, because I feel really bad, Linda. So I was at a tier two COVID hotspot, which meant that I had to isolate and get tested. And once I got a negative test, I could go outside. So I was isolating and I would order my coffees on Uber Eats. Gosh, you could have ordered it from me. You never offer. And I don't know what time you get coffees. This is me waking up at 11am. Oh, no, no. Long gone. (laughs) I get my coffees 
there's a coffee, a really local coffee shop that I go to, Sloan Ranger, and they're closed during lockdown. So um, I've been getting my coffee from My Oh My. But My Oh My is like a bit of a walk from where we are. So I've been, I ordered my Uber Eats coffees from there, a jumbo long black. It would get delivered out the front and then I'd go out and I'd pick it up. But then I got a negative test result back. But I'd already created this routine of Uber Eatsing my Uber Eating Uber Eatsing. Anyway, Uber, Ubering Uber, Uber, Uber ordering. Or Uber ordering my coffee. I was already in the habit of doing it. But I was really embarrassed that the barista at my OMI, I think he owns it. L O L H. N L H. O L H. What's O He's an old local hottie now. He's not an N. So he he knows me and he knows my he name does. is Hannah. He and knows he also me. he knows that I drink long blacks. Mm. And I was too embarrassed to continue with this new routine. No wonder. I know, because it's embarrassing and really embarrassing. So I changed the name, my name <gasps> on Uber to Anne Curtis. Oh my god. How dare you take my so, middle name and Linda, put me in the drink? <laughs> Linda is Linda Ann Curtis. I'm like, no. I won't be too obvious. I won't do Linda Curtis. I'll do Ann Curtis because that could be someone he random. He will know. He will know. He knows do what's going he, on. Do you yeah. think he knows yeah. it's me? He knows it's o- you. Originally I changed it to Anna and I was like, oh, that's weird. To like, uh, So I changed my name to Anna and then I was like, no, no, no. Anne Curtis, that's much better. So now I'm Anne Curtis on Uber. (laughs) My (laughs) sister. I've been ordering. It's my habit now. I order my Uber Eats coffee. I pay the delivery. Hannah, it is is a seven-minute walk to go there. I know, but. That is is mental. And so you don't order any food. Sometimes. And what is the cost of the Uber ordering a long black? I'll tell you. So I get a jumbo long black. That is uh, Uber Eats. It's not expensive. Guys, I don't do this outside of lockdown. This is a lockdown thing. Mm. That's actually, I take that back. I do it every Sunday. Every Sunday is okay. So it's $8.50. Uh, eight what? $8.50. Oh, <laughs> you must be I rich. I love it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> last episode I said I have to stop spending money as much money (laughs) it's my only thing that I spend money on I haven't bought any new clothes I haven't bought anything I don't even haven't been out drinking nothing like I don't (laughs) spend money just my uber eats coffee so I have one thing to say you've got one thing to say please go one thing I want to mention to you that's happened this week now you know I've no interest in watching sports on tv have you been watching the olympics Absolutely no interest. No, neither. But I have become obsessed with the athletes' cardboard beds. Have you heard about them? Sorry, what? The athletes are sleeping in cardboard beds. You haven't heard this yet? No. So even though social media are labelling them anti-sex because, you know, you couldn't get two people on them, but then I saw an athlete posted himself jumping up and down on the bed to show that they can withstand vigorous activity. But yes. um, regardless of that, I think it's absolute genius. So the bed frames are made from recycled cardboard. There are 18,000 beds and wow. 8,000 of them are going to be repurposed for the Paralympics and the rest are being donated. So that is the most incredible story I have seen this week. Wow. 
Yeah. Cardboard beds that you can have sex on. How fascinating. <laughs> well, apparently. <laughs> if you can jump on them, you can probably have sex on them. But that wasn't my interest. My interest was the recycling aspect. Oh. <laughs> People don't really know what a mad. Oh, we have spoken about your mad recycling. Are you still going through the rubbish every week? Uh, yes. Yeah, your greatest joy of the week. And I, I photographed to send to you this morning <laughs> and I what will did- just bring it up on my phone. <laughs> what did so, I do? Number one, your Anna C delivery docket. It says one specialty <laughs> coffee jumbo. Long black, <laughs> and these little Uber ordering dockets come out on fax paper. That is not recyclable. So when you put your Uber Eats brown bag in the recycling, take the fax paper off. It goes okay. in the bin. Sorry. Sorry. And the other thing I found in there was activated yep. almond milk. Uh, yes. I think I might have bought this for you when you came you back from New Zealand. How nice of me. Anyway, that is a Tetra pack you can't recycle those in city of Yarra. Oh. so two naughties that i had to pull oh, out <laughs> so i can't recycle my almond milk boxes no no they're sort of foil lined i call them oh. tetra packs orange juice milk anything you can't recycle those anymore Wait, does any are you sure? Is that a new thing? You used to be Am able to. Am I sure? Am I sure? <laughs> Ask okay. me anything about recycling here. I know everything. <laughs> oh, we'll have you do a special episode. Please <laughs> let us know if you're interested in a Linda special. Wow, that'd be interesting. <laughs> all right, guys. So today we're talking all about adventures and hiking. And, Mum, have you seen the movie Wild? Certainly have. Yes. Well, the guest today walked that hike. Mm. So let's get into the interview and Linda will hear your thoughts after. A big thank you to today's sponsor, Normal. Normal makes amazing sex toys easy to buy and learn. What I really love about Normal is not only are they normalizing the conversation around sex and pleasure, but they also give you a personalized recommendation. They've got a quiz on their website, so I really recommend you go and check that out because it'll help you find the right toy for you. So my personal favorite is the Quinn. The Quinn is a clitoral vacuum, so it simulates oral sex, but you've also got the Darcy, so this is a three-in-one internal stimulator. Go check out the website, go and do the quiz. There will definitely be a toy for you, but also I'm biased, so like the Quinn. (laughs) Shopping with Normal is a regret-free experience. There is a 100-night stand guarantee, which gives you 100 days and nights with your toy. If you don't love it, you can get a full refund and they don't ask any questions and I'll also give you a new recommendation based on your feedback. So please visit itsnormal.com and use the promo code SINGLEMINDED20, that's all one word, SINGLEMINDED20 at checkout for 20% off your entire order. Now back to the episode. I'm really excited to welcome Eleanor Osborne to the podcast. She is a YouTuber and she is telling tales of hiking trails. And I discovered you through your YouTube channel. And I have been wanting to get someone on the podcast who does solo hiking and like amazing adventures. I'm just so 
glad I discovered you. So welcome to Single Minded. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. I just wanted to start for the audience that may not know. So they probably know of the movie and the book Wild starring Reese Witherspoon. And that was written about the PCT, which is the Pacific Crest Trail. Eleanor actually did the PCT. So I just want to start from the beginning. Why did you decide to do it? And what was it like? Hmm. Yeah. So the why, uh, there are a lot of reasons why, but honestly, the initial reason that really pushed me to go do it was, you know, the classic tale of heartbreak, (laughs) (laughs) you know, as you do, I guess I was going through this whole big, like transitioning time in my life where I wanted to quit my job. It was the end of a relationship And I really just wanted to go do something for myself. Mm. And there was this thing that I'd read about some years ago and I'd kind of pushed it to the back of my mind. And uh, when this whole time in my life came about, I just realized, okay, this is the time I can go do it and I should go do it. Were you a big hiker beforehand? I, so I dabbled. I was definitely interested in the outdoors, but I hadn't had a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'd probably done maybe like a handful of hikes, uh, like multi-day hikes, you know, day hikes casually, but nothing more than two or three nights. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a massive, massive jump uh, for me. How long is the whole thing again? It's months and months. Yeah. So it is, for all the Americans, they, they measure in miles. So it, yep. it's 2,653 miles or 4,270 kilometers for the rest of the world. Yeah. And it goes from Mexico to Canada, up through California, Oregon, and Washington. And it took me four and a half months. So four and a half months of just walking every day with a couple, you know, rest days uh, in between. But mm. yeah, it's a long time to be on your feet. Such a long time. And you started... Did you start alone? Because I, I watched the YouTube and you met your brother, but you did you start on your own? Yeah, yeah. They have this whole permit system now because the trail is really popular. They call it the uh, the wild effect. <laughs> yeah, so they have this whole permit system where they allow 50 people per day to start. Mm-hmm. My brother and I, I ended up roping him into doing it. I'd already decided I was going to do it, but we got different permit start dates. So he started before me. I think we we're both secretly very stoked. We got different dates just because, yep. you know, you get your own experience. And yeah, so I started by myself, but the thing about that trail is that it is very popular. So it's harder to not make friends than it is to make friends. Okay. Um, so I met people from from day zero. I've always wanted to do something like this, always. Mm. Just the thought of sleeping on my own in a tent with no one else around really freaks me out. And I don't think I would sleep. I don't know. <laughs> Is that something that you experienced? Oh, yeah. I mean, that fear is so valid. The funny thing is I didn't even think about that. And I think (laughs) with the PCT, I actually managed to never sleep in a campsite alone, Mm -hmm. not one night. And that's not that uncommon. I kind of would have had to make more of an effort to go camp by myself. But uh, like I said, you make friends really easily and uh, you end up camping with other people. Mm. Yeah. So that hike, I didn't camp alone. Mm -hmm. In terms of like technical abilities, because I know that there's different 
parts of it that are more challenging? Did you kind of have to prepare yourself for that? Or is it you just like, no, nah, I'll just learn as I go? Yeah, I definitely kind of just, uh, yeah, dived straight in. And I think some people kind of do mountaineering courses or maybe river crossing courses. I did none of that. Uh, I was kind of like, yep, this is happening. I'm going to get to Canada no matter what. But it definitely pays to research a bit. The good thing is, like I said, you meet a lot of people and you can Mm -hmm. kind of ask people along the way. I guess a lot of the technical preparation is mainly for the Sierra Nevada section. And so that's, you know, when you're going up into the high Sierra, a lot of mountain range, a lot of uh, high passes to cross, dangerous river crossings. And depending on the amount of snow that year, uh, yeah, it really impacts the kind of terrain you are covering. It was the first time I ever used an ice axe. It was the first Mm. time I ever wore micro spikes. It was the first time I ever hiked in snow. So it was a lot of firsts for me, but you definitely learn along the way. Yeah. I mean, there was still a lot of research, but there's Mm. only so much reading you can do. It really comes down to experiencing it. And if you don't have the time, then it's all like the, uh, the means to go, you know, um, experience hiking the snow before it, then yeah, you just learn, learn as you go. And, um, what do you think about all day? <laughs> like, cause there's, there's a lot of you time I'm assuming. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think that's something that probably isn't highlighted enough is that you start to get really bored mm. and you become overexposed to the beauty of nature and you're kind of like, okay, I'm over this. I'm done with, uh, yeah, I'm done with looking at the mountains. Uh, yeah. The beautiful, great, which is, you know, super silly, but it's just the nature of being out there for so long. The thing that most through hikers do to pass the time is listen to podcasts mm-hmm. such as this one, or like a lot of music, a lot of bangers to get up the hills. Yeah. But for me, I tried not listening to music in the first 10 kilometers of the morning just Mm -hmm. to kind of hear my own thoughts. And then after that, I couldn't handle it and would have to blast Taylor Swift and whatnot throughout the day. (laughs) Because you were going through the breakup. Did you have breakthroughs along the way? Because I did half of the Camino, which was 400 kilometers, which is nothing compared to what you did. And also quite easy and staying in dorms you get really bored and you have so much time in your head sometimes you create I was creating problems in my head sometimes like that (laughs) didn't exist because I had so much time but did you find by the end of it you'd kind of achieved what you wanted to achieve uh yes and no I think it's probably Another misconception about doing a hike like that is that Mm. you are going to, yeah, come up with all these breakthroughs. You're going Mm. to have all these epiphanies about life and, you know, figure yourself out, uh, figure out what you want and kind of make a life plan. The reality is the main things that are kind of going through your head are I'm hungry, I'm sore, (laughs) I want to get to camp. But I think coming out the other side with like an epiphany of some kind, usually comes kind of at the end or after you've come home where you have had time to reflect on the experience. Mm. But one thing I I definitely experienced was realizing how capable I was just with anything I set my mind to. And that was the feeling I was having, especially as I was getting closer to the end. Mm. 
I think for me, the thing that I really enjoyed, it was less about spiritual breakthroughs or like I didn't really experience any of that. It was the idea that you can live with just what's on your back and you can Mm. walk from place to place and you can live a really simple life and still like you don't need all the stuff. One foot in front of the other, that's what I really like about hiking. Mm. Don't know if you experience that, but it's pretty crazy to just go that whole way and that's how many outfits did you have? Oh, just just one and I got down <laughs> to like one. one pair of underwear as well. No, so, really? <laughs> oh, you really can live with nothing if you can go with one pair of underwear. Got down, yeah, to a pretty light pack, but definitely – I struggle almost to acquire things now, even Mm. though I need to live in the normal world. It's hard for me to buy things because Mm. I'm like, I don't need that. Even though I probably do, you know, okay, maybe I do need, um, I don't know, a bed. But yeah, you definitely come away with that feeling. Yeah. You obviously missed the feeling because you left the real world again more recently during this pandemic and you walked the entire length of New Zealand, which it's 3,000 kilometres because of this pandemic. I was like, I want to do a hike. And so I'd started looking into it. And I think I think I started reading blogs about it and I was like, this sounds super dangerous. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do it. So that's why I, was, I started looking at your videos. What made you decide to go and do um, the – it's the te- – how do you pronounce it? Sorry, I I always uh, stuff this up. Yeah, it, te- <laughs> it's, it's a difficult one. I yeah. I have practiced it um, mm-hmm. a few times. Bit of a tongue twister. Uh, yeah. So why did I decide to go do that one? Yeah. Yeah, I think. So what was interesting when I hiked the PCT is that there are a lot of different cultures and ethnicities on the trail. People um, from all over the world, but obviously the majority of the makeup uh US hikers a lot of them would ask me when they discovered I was from New Zealand would ask if I'd hiked Te Araroa Mm. to which I would reply no but how do you know so much more about it than I do so I almost felt this responsibility to walk it at some point in my life Mm. I wasn't going to prioritize it obviously COVID happened you know worldwide pandemic shuts borders and I couldn't go anywhere so I realized it was probably the perfect time for me to prioritize hiking Te Araroa, especially while we could travel freely within New Zealand. Yeah, it was a very, very bizarre time to hike, mm. seeing kind of what was happening everywhere else in the world. There would have been no international travelers as there would usually be. Yeah, so usually they say it's been the number of Kiwis hiking the trail has been growing, but mm-hmm. from what I heard before, it was kind of like one in ten were Kiwi hikers and the rest were, you know, from all over the world. There were still some people who had gotten into New Zealand before the pandemic. So there were still some people here who were hiking. But I reckon this year it was probably like 70% were Kiwi. Mm. So massive shift in, yeah, the people out there. So it was interesting and a really unique year to hike it, I think. Mm. And did you hike it alone? Yeah, so this one I couldn't rope my brother into doing it. I say alone. I mean, I started alone and again made friends and hiked with people most of the way. There are a couple of sections here and there where I did hike alone. I probably hiked alone more on this trail than the PCT. Hmm. 
What a unique way to spend a pandemic. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was super bizarre, especially in the South Island sections where we were out of reception and we would come out and just hear what had happened. Mm. It felt like in a week so much could happen, even within New Zealand, because we had Auckland going in and out of lockdown. So, mm. yeah, it was it was super interesting. Because this was a solo adventure. What do you love about going on these adventures on your own? Yeah, the funny thing is, even though I really endeavour to have these solo adventures, a big part of that is being able to have the freedom to prioritise what I want to do and that usually involves meeting other people. Mm -hmm. But with these solo adventures, it's kind of, I mean, they're inherently selfish adventures because they are just for me, but you kind of hope to come away learning something more about yourself so you can be a better person in the world. Mm. Off topic a little bit. Does anyone strike up romances on these hikes? Oh, 100%. Really? There's such a thing called trail goggles. Um, Especially, especially so on the PCT, it's pretty famous, especially when you get to kind of Oregon, Washington sections, because Mm. you've been out there a while. It's, it's been some time. Yeah. There's also terms like pink blazing and banana blazing. What's that? What's that? Uh, So pink blazing is kind of like when someone alters their pace for a potential love (laughs) interest, uh, usually of the female. Capacity and then banana blazing for the male. <laughs> so you slow down so that you can walk with this cute person that you're interested in. Oh my god! Yeah, exactly. I didn't know if there would because you don't really shower much, do you? Uh yeah, no, not really. I mean, you, you shower when you get to towns, but that can be like a week or two weeks in between. I mean, what a great place to strike up a romance! Sounds so oh, perfect. Yes, yes. <laughs> there are actually so many stories of romances that have lasted a lot, break up at the end. Oh. But this was definitely more so on the PCT this year. I guess on TA, just there were less people, so yeah. the pool is much, much smaller. Yeah. But yeah, I think on the really popular trails, it's kind of it's kind of inevitable. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. Oh, this makes me want to do it even more. I love that. Oh, you should yeah. 100% do it. <laughs> so I guess it's a solo female hiker. Do you ever get nervous? Mm, that's a good question. I think uh, if I compare the two hikes, so the PCT, I never camped alone. Mm-hmm. So I was never worried at night for my safety. I think... With hiking long trails, you know, the realities of the world and society don't get erased when you go out on an adventure like this. Mm. There's still a lot of systemic issues that make their way onto trails, including, you know, just the way women are treated in general. Mm. So there are definitely stories of just, you know, unwanted advances and comments. And those are the kinds of things that it's sad, but you kind of learn to deal with. But Mm. I was never truly worried about my safety in that sense. I think, so on Te Araro, I did camp alone. I I camped alone twice. There's a really cool hut system in the South Island. So Mm. camping alone is a lot more rare. So in the South Island, you'd be more doing like huts than actually camping. 
Yeah, 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 you're doing huts the whole time yeah. pretty much. Although spending a night alone in the hut would be terrifying. I almost did, but there ended up being a, another woman there and I was, oh my gosh, I was absolutely <laughs> just so stoked. But the two times I camped alone on Tierra, I mean, there's there are always those fears mm. and it's easy for your thoughts to become really loud. And mm. I was definitely, you know, making up scenarios in my head. I think at the end of the day, you have to, you know, not let those thoughts get the best of you because, I mean, you're out, you know, you're out in a place where it is harder for, it's kind of, they're very irrational thoughts. Mm, Uh, So it's kind of learning to be like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm Mm. okay. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to know, do you have any other kind of fears before starting a big hike like that, particularly PCT, which was kind of your first really big hike? Mm. My main fears were just very general fears, you know. Uh, what if I don't finish? Mm. Uh, what if I get injured? I was terrified of hiking through the Sierra Nevada just because it was a whole new section or just a whole new style of hiking. But, the yeah, again, the main one was the fear of not finishing. Mm. Yeah, I guess because you set yourself in your head like I'm doing this and so you, but you don't mm. actually, if you've not done something that, big before you don't know like am I going to be able to actually do this 100% or are you going to enjoy it like because if you're not enjoying it it's months and months and months (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 there are definitely days where you're like okay today is a type two fun kind of day so have you got any top tips for hikers like me who I'm so interested in doing something like this do you have any kind of tips or resources they can go to or you know how they can kind of get started on doing a solo adventure like that yeah I think I mean I think the best place to start is reading a lot of blog sites watching all the YouTube videos and the more familiar you become with the whole concept of doing it the more attainable it feels Mm. and you know when you're planning something and you've got little notes and things set out it just seems a whole lot less overwhelming and I think seeing people like you or you know when you feel an experience and then you see someone else who has done it who didn't have the experience as well then you know you feel that sense of again that it's Mm. an attainable thing when travels back what's the next adventure what's the next big hike Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's uh, I honestly, I honestly don't know. Uh I've been getting all these messages as in messages from the universe to hike the Continental Divide Trail, which is Ooh. it's one of the other long trails in the states. Uh there's the PCT, the CDT and the AT. I mean, that's somewhere on the horizon maybe, but yep. honestly, I need to chill out. Okay. <laughs> and like do shorter hikes a dream of mine something I really want to prioritize which is probably a lot more attainable in terms of time wise Mm -hmm. is just doing some shorter kind of pilgrimage style hikes in Japan which Mm -hmm. is something I really love to do there's one called the Kumano Kodo I think yeah and that's about 70 kilometers so Mm -hmm. that's not too bad You'll do that in a day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it'd be a big day. Uh, Yeah, so, yeah, something like that. But once you start going down the rabbit hole, there's no going back. Mm. My life is ruined. I will I mean, it's your career now. This is your career. (laughs) You have to do it. 
you're lucky yeah I, mean, <laughs> yeah I mean ruined like in the best way you know I, I'm definitely happy but it definitely sounds like you are also one through hikers on your horizon I'm dabbling I like it's my fear I've got to get over this fear of of being alone camping the Camino I was fine because you are in a bunk bed also the river crossings was just like I can't cross a river like what (laughs) that really has played on my mind so Mm. I know you can do river crossing courses maybe that would put my mind more at ease I'm sorry Mm. my house has gone completely dark (laughs) yeah I was wondering I was like how late is it (laughs) it's like 5.30 5.30 and it's dark. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's the same here too. But honestly, I think, I know I definitely recognize all those fears because even though I've done, I did the PCT, I was still worried about the river crossings. Mm. But the thing you realize is that it's good to hike with others, especially when you get to those river crossings yep. and it's very easy to organize. Yep. And it's also recognizing that you don't need it all sorted out before mm. you start. Yep. But yeah, you'll figure it out. and. Yeah, the hut system is great in New Zealand. So it would be perfect for that as well as New Zealand is just super chill. Like people are super chill. I always felt really safe. Mm. And I remember one section we kind of got off trail and we were definitely trespassing on somebody's farm. And I took a step back and I thought, if I was in America right now, I would be terrified for my life. Thank mm. God I'm in New Zealand because I know that if a farmer comes out, he would he'll be super chill. So that might ease mm. some of your fears, but I think, you know, you're totally capable of doing it. Mm. And if that seed's already planted, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's, it's too late for you <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me. I absolutely loved this chat. If anyone wants to find you, um, they can find you on the YouTube. That's Eleanor Osborne. It's E-L-I-N-A-O-S-B-O-R-N-E. Yeah. Yeah. And also on Instagram, but I'll link all of that in the episode notes so people can go check out your amazing YouTube videos because I have loved every second of them. Oh, thank you. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thanks so much. Hello. What did you think, Linda? I love the sound of these hikes. And I actually, after I listened to the interview, I watched Eleanor's Pacific Crest Trail film on YouTube Mm -hmm. and it looked absolutely amazing, but I certainly couldn't contemplate anything close to it. My four-day hike recently was 53Ks. (laughs) So if I sped up to 20K a day, that trail would take me seven months. <laughs> How did she do it in four and a half months? They walk a lot further. Each day. Yeah. People must get up to 40Ks a day. <sighs> and then I thought, I love that she was blasting Taylor Swift because I would have 70s disco on full volume, Earth, Wind and Fire, Barry White, Gloria Gaynor. But Eleanor yep. would make a very good hiking companion for Rob because he loves Tay-Tay. So that ran. Yeah, he loves Taylor. But anyway, there were a few important questions. I wondered if Eleanor started her day with 50 plus sunscreen. How would I get an almond hot strong latte every morning? You wouldn't. Who is the oldest person ever to hike the PCT? And did you find out? Of course. And most importantly, (laughs) has anyone died? So 
I answered my own <laughs> questions, of course, because you forgot to ask them. Yeah. I think you'd have to do some pretty serious taste testing before you headed off, but I think there are some good-sounding instant coffees that you could throw mm-hmm. in your backpack. Yep. Cafe do a gold oat latte coffee sachet. Yes. Starbucks are doing latte premium instant mixes and then Avalanche have a great sugar-free hot chocolate, so I reckon that's worth trying. Well, it's no my, oh, my. Regardless, that's better than the old days of instant coffee. Instant. Now, from what I could find, it was all a bit tricky. The current oldest person to hike the trail is Al Learned, trail name Al, yep. and he completed the PCT trail in 2018 at the age of 81. Wow. How incredible actually completed that is it. amazing. And then I wondered what would your trail name be, do you think? <laughs> you know there's trail names. You have to have a trail yeah, name. Yeah, 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 yeah. What would my trail name be? How would I take all my panty liners with me? That's all I could think of. You just couldn't. You'd have to just, you know, <laughs> go without. squish squish around. Um, don't so. say that. <laughs> I don't need that. panty liners. It's just it's, you got me onto them and you've ruined me for normal undies. I have, as I said, menopause, I have freed myself of the panty mm-hmm. liner. So I think your trail name could be mac and cheese and I yeah, will be. I like that. I'm going to be hot flush. <laughs> not G-banger. No, not G-banger, although I'd probably wear a G-banger. Now, I don't <laughs> want to put you or anyone else off, but there have been a few through hiker deaths on the PCT. And yep. if you're wondering like me, I thought, what the hell does through hiking mean? Do you know? It's from like you do like a whole country. It's hiking an established long distance trail with continuous footsteps in one direction. Who knew? So you can't. So through the most fate, like the New Zealand through hike is the whole of New Zealand. The whole, that's right. And then the PCT is from Canada to Mexico. Yeah, you can do day trips or part trips, but actually doing the whole thing is through hiking. Okay, Mm -hmm. so there have been 14 deaths so far since 1983 on the PCT, Mm -hmm. six from falling, three from heat stroke, two from drowning, two from cars, and one from a falling tree. But considering 2019 saw more than 5,000 people receive permits to through hike, I reckon it's probably safe. Okay, good. I'm glad. I really wanted to, I would love to do the PCT. I think when the really wild, yeah, I'd love to do it. I don't know if I'd do it on my own though. I think I'd have to do it with someone else. Have you watched her movie? Yeah, wild. Yeah. Oh no, I, I no, yeah, no, yeah, no. I've watched all her stuff on it. Yeah, I've watched Eleanor all her Osmond. Videos. I mean, there, there's a lot of people hiking together. Yeah. I don't, I really don't think you'd be on your own. Do you think I could do it though? Could I last? I don't think it matters. If you didn't last, you give it a go, but I just think it's very long, four and a half yes. months. That's just, yes. you've got to have the headspace for that. I certainly don't. I'm going to go back and do the Camino again and then maybe after that I'll do, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I don't know. How would I do my job? I'd have to take four and a half months off. Well, you couldn't. Yeah. The average age is 34, but just looking around, there's a lot of older people too who decide to give it a go. I personally won't be doing that, Mm -hmm. but... Well, thank you. That wraps us up for this week. We will see you next time. See you next week. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. 
If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week.